I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Gail Gates. Gail runs a business that is entirely unique to anything I've seen in the real estate investing world. She collects relevant and focused data that investors can use to help them target their ideal seller with personalized marketing. They get their information directly from official court documents, and as you'll hear her explain, they can often get it far in advance from when it hits the public record. With her almost 30 years in the real estate world, Gail has watched things progress from a really unique vantage point. It was awesome hearing her thoughts and getting to pull from her wealth of knowledge that she's built. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. Now, here's my conversation with Gail. We're here with uh, Gail Gates. Gail, thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having uh, me. You bet. We're excited to have you here. So let's let's jump right in. Um what you do, at least what I understand you do, is pretty unique. Um, it's pretty different from other areas of real estate investing. So tell us a little bit about that, um, what you do, and how it helps investors. Absolutely. Um, what we do is what you need. We do exactly the opposite of you. I do not invest at all. We never did, never will. We provide the information that you need as an investor. We go into the courthouse, we read the court files, and we extract the pertinent information so that you have it on hand and can go and get directly to the motivated sellers. What we do is called off-market real estate leads, meaning it's coming from the court files and we're creating the leads. We're not buying the leads from anywhere and they're not coming from MLS. So it's long before that. There aren't a lot of hands in it. You go directly to the motivated seller with our information. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit of what I understood is that you guys went and got the leads, got the data for the investors. So that, that makes a lot of sense. How long have you been doing that? You may Since 1991. 91. So you've been out, out ahead of it. I mean, I know that... So, I'm interested to know in 91 compared to now, um, how much has it how much have you seen the value of your work go up or your perceived value from, uh, from investors that before, was it really tough to, to say like, no, what we're doing is valuable investors. You need this information. And now people really understand that. Or is it still a pretty, um, is that a hard part of your business to tell investors, this is valuable. You guys need this. I'm sure once they use it, they see the value very quickly, but is it tough to get well, that across? Um, at the very beginning, what I was up against was, um, and pardon the expression, but it was an all-boys club. Mm-hmm. So being a woman coming into the business, it was very difficult. And you have to understand that it was a very closed unit of investors who did not want any of the tour buses coming in. They didn't want people teaching classes. They hated when people were doing that. And because I was able to make it easier for new people coming into the business, the ones who were established were the last ones to sign up because they were fighting me. They didn't want me there. They didn't want to make it easier for the competition. From a research standpoint, it was a lot more difficult back then because I had to go literally building to building. We're talking 
I know it's going to be tough for some people to understand, pre-internet. So, you know, and a lot of people say, you know, I'm afraid to ask dumb questions. My answer to that is, if you know you need the internet to get to my website, then you're not asking me the dumbest question I've ever been asked. (laughs) (laughs) So that should put everybody at ease. So we used to have to go to the courthouse to get the information from the clerk of the court from an actual paper file. Then I would have to go up the street and down the block and go to the property appraiser. And that was on paper. There were paper records. And then I'd have to go to the recorder's office. So everything was, you know, here, if I'm worried about how fast a page is producing on the internet, that's nothing compared to having to go from building to building Mm -hmm. like we did back then. So you don't... uh, do you go to the actual courthouses still? Do, do, whether you or people that work for you, do you go have to go to the courthouse and get the physical? Some of the cases we do. Okay. And okay. some we have access. We've been given special access. So okay. where a normal person can not see everything that we could see, we have been given priority access to certain files. But now because things are available, we have extended what we do. We give more data so that you have a very clear picture. We'll go to five, between five and seven different websites to compile our information between legal and real estate. So we want to be sure that we're getting everything that you need. Someone new to the business doesn't even know what information they need or how to use it. That's where our value comes in. And okay. there is education that's necessary for that. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. And what, um, what, uh, what information do you gather? All right. So we first of all, the case files that we cover are foreclosures, probates, and evictions. And I'll go through the three and let you know why we do each. So I'll start with foreclosures. I've been doing that the longest. But as the market changes... We have to change. So I always go to the meetings to speak to investors to see what they need. Because again, I don't invest, so I need to know what they're doing so I know how to structure the data properly. So with the foreclosures, you're actually getting three lists in one. We do the what's called the list pendants, pre-foreclosure or new foreclosure filing. Those three are all exactly the same. Okay. Okay. That is right when the case has been filed. Why we are unique is we are the only ones who are getting it when the case was filed. The national companies, which is everybody but us, mm-hmm. have to buy it from recording. And when you're buying it from recording... County recording is taking the data that they need. They don't know what you need. They don't care what you need. Mm -hmm. They're structuring it for their records. Right, sure. Okay? So we'll do the cases when they're first filed. With our information, you can actually beat the summons to the door. Oh, wow. Yeah, we get it really early. Okay. Okay? And in that, what we're giving you is the mortgage that's in foreclosure, when it originated, how much it was when it originated, the interest rate, the mortgage payment, If you're a mortgage broker, you're going to want to know those pieces of information. Mm. We'll let you know when they defaulted and what the balance was at the time of default. Wow. Then we're giving you all the property appraiser information so you have a full physical description and you could compare the assessed value with the balance that's due so you know if there's any meat on the bone in, you know, any equity, basically. We also give you all of the additional liens, which is anyone who has other liens on the property because they are now considered additional defendants yeah. 
right? Because they have to defend their part of their lien on that property. Okay. So they need to be notified if they're in junior position. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we will also give you, and it only because, again, it came from the investors. A couple of investors got in trouble with properties when they found that there were open permits. Okay. And this is an issue for some. I didn't know that permits could be open and closed. Yeah, ne- neither did I. Okay. So, you know, welcome to my world. Okay. And that's why I go to meetings. So I hear this and I understand. So it's twofold. One, that they know that there were permits pulled. And we're giving you the year that the permit was pulled, and we're giving you what it was. So as an investor, you would want to know when the roof was replaced, mm-hmm. when the HVAC was replaced, if electric, if plumbing. We only do the, the big stuff, anything that you know we know you would want to replace or need to if it had aged out. So we're giving you the permits. We're also telling you other pieces of information. For instance, if it shows as a golf course property, but the golf course has closed. So now a property that was on the ninth green is now backed up to weeds or another house, Mm -hmm. the value is going to change. Mm -hmm. If a person has removed themselves from public record, good people do that. They're not bad people, but you don't want to knock on their door because they've gone through the effort of removing their name and their property from public record. Is that part of the permit process? Did you say that? No. No, that's That's completely different. That's when we go to the property appraiser, and no matter how we search it, it doesn't show. So if it's lot 12, that subdivision now goes from lot 11 to lot 13. 12 doesn't exist. Okay. Okay? All right. So that's more of a, you provide that information more of a, um, that's nothing that an investor could act on. That is something that's the opposite of like, don't act on that. They don't want to be bothered. That's exactly. A, that's helpful. So that's you're not a door. Exactly. Yeah. That's a door you don't want to go knocking yep. on. Yep. Okay. So, and those are people like law enforcement, judges, JAs, okay. people who somebody would be coming yeah. looking for yeah, them. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. And you have to have special permission to do it and meet a criteria, but you can, and it's okay. not that difficult to do. Yeah. So those are the type of things that we will go that extra mile to give you that information Mm -hmm. so that you know how you could structure your campaign. We also give you up to three different addresses. So if the tax bill is being mailed to a different address, if the summons is being served to a different address, and then, of course, the property address. Mm -hmm. Because we're trying to tell you a story. When something goes into foreclosure... It's because something else has happened. Right, totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if John is being served in Apopka and Mary is living in Altamont, that should give you some idea what is going on. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. So that's what we're trying to give you. Plus, you need to be able to contact them mm-hmm. wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So if maybe they're still together, but they're someplace else, mm-hmm. meaning it's a rental property. So it's the, the homestead will tell you if it is or isn't homesteaded. So we give you everything that we feel is necessary. Okay. Then, now through, that, through learning from years and years of getting feedback from investors, saying, exactly. here's what's helpful for us, here's what's not, and you've weeded out and gotten really honed in, I imagine, on here's what's most helpful for investors. Absolutely. Cool. But we don't deal with only investors. Okay. So we look at every aspect. Attorneys will go to the homeowner looking to see if they want to do foreclosure defense, which isn't as popular as it used to be because it's a lot more difficult to do, Okay. or bankruptcy. Attorneys will do a bankruptcy to stall off the foreclosure or stop it entirely. Mortgage brokers, there are people who have double-digit interest rates 
which is oh, wow. absolutely Jeez. insane. Yeah, yeah. Okay? If you can, just with equity alone, bring their interest rate down, they can now afford their payment. So that's a market for mortgage oh, brokers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? To okay. refinance, I guess, the mortgage. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Realtors want to list the property. Mm-hmm. We have lawn maintenance people. So if they see that there's an HOA, which is a homeowners association lien, or just that there is an HOA, they know that they can go to the homeowners association, offer to clean up the property. They'll pay, be paid by the HOA, and then the HOA will lien the property, so the HOA will get paid, plus the house doesn't look like a disaster. Right, right, okay. And then usually the lawn maintenance guy will get the contract of whoever ends up buying it. Okay. So wow. it's a win-win. Wow, that's really neat, Gail. So you have, when you started, were you targeted at, you saw the gap in the market for investors in particular, and it grew from there? Like, oh, mortgage brokers are also looking for this information. So are attorneys. Absolutely. Okay? Cool. Absolutely. And I was actually hired by someone else who had a publication out of South Florida. Okay. And not surprisingly, he couldn't keep a researcher up here because he was paying a whopping $50 a week. <laughs> and even Goodness. in 91, that was yeah, still like yeah, yeah, yeah. no money for Orange and Seminole County. Wow. And I still had to pay for my tolls, my gas, and my parking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Not, not a big profit margin yeah, there. Yeah. Then what we do is we cover the ones that are scheduled for sale. Now that focus has changed as well. The we used to cover it just for the people who went to the foreclosure sale. Those guys usually do their research a week out because a lot get canceled. There's no point in doing research further out than that. And they're so experienced that they don't need to do research further out than that. Mm-hmm. That's what we focused on. We always did two weeks out. But now we know that if we give you the list four to six weeks out, a deal can be made. Mm. And they're a lot more motivated when they have a sale date. Yeah. And sure. you could be more aggressive when you knock on the door when it's scheduled for sale. Yep. You have to be kind of gentle mm-hmm. and you know, go with a softer hand when it's a new filing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sure. get in their face and say, I know you're in foreclosure. Yep. Yep. There's no denying it when it's coming to sale. Mm-hmm. So you can say, look, you're going to lose your house on the 12th. Right. 10 right. days after that, yeah. you're out. It becomes very real. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's We're going after two things. One, the motivated seller. But I really feel after all the years of doing what I'm doing, we've become the advocate for the homeowner. What I find so rewarding about this business That's neat. is how many homeowners have been saved. Yeah. Either they've been able to preserve their property or preserve their equity. Yeah. But it's a win yeah, for them. For sure. Because you, as the information giver, are connecting the two parties. Exactly. That. Yeah. And when they need to be. Yeah. Right. Right. In a probate, you have people, you have heirs that could be all over the country. Mm -hmm. or world, really, Mm -hmm. okay? So we're giving you the heirs and their contact information, the addresses, so you know where they're all located and what their relationship is, son, daughter, friend, cousin, whatever. The personal rep, who's the head honcho heir, you know, the Mm -hmm. one in charge, basically. Is that what they call the uh, executor? Is that right? My family always called it the executor, but but it's the same thing, but in 
legal terms, they call it the personal rep. Okay. So when they file the case, the personal rep is assigned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we give you that information. Okay. The useless information that we give you, which we have to, is the attorney and their contact number. And okay. when I say useless, yeah, they kind of need to know stuff at the end, but they're not the one to negotiate with. They're not motivated to close this out. Yeah, yeah. So they you don't, don't have to go. I guess I would hear as an uneducated person in this, I would hear attorney and I would think, well, I have to go through the attorney to get right. to this person. But you don't. You Absolutely not. Hmm. You go straight to the personal rep. Okay. okay. So the attorney's motivation is to keep it going. Right. They sure. get paid by the yeah. hour. Sure. You know. So, but you have, if you think about it, and you know, you're young and hope mm-hmm. to God you haven't had suffered any loss. Sure. But when you do suffer a loss, mm-hmm. very often you're not living in the same area as. The sure. person who's passed. Mm-hmm. Families are all over. I have children in Omaha. I have children in Maryland. They're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You take time out for the funeral. That's hard enough. You're taking time off. Then to have to come back yeah. and empty the house, yep. get everything taken care of. You don't know the local market. Mm-hmm. These people need your help. Yeah. They're stuck with the property that they don't want and probably can't afford hmm. if there's a mortgage on it. They hmm. need help to get this property moved in the right direction and everything else that's left. So we'll scrub that list for you. There's hundreds and hundreds of probates that have absolutely nothing to do with real estate. We don't give you those. Oh, what else is being, what else is in probate other than real the, estate? Um, you could have stocks, bonds, cash. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so you could be really good looking. They're not sharing it with you. Uh, Right. right. Okay. (laughs) And if it's the proceeds of a wrongful death lawsuit, you're not getting anything from that either. Okay. Okay. Okay? So if we see that there's no real estate value, we do not give you that information. Okay. We don't want you wasting your time. Yeah, sure. So we'll scrub it for that. Hmm. Then if... There is real estate attached, then we'll give you everything else. Okay. So people die with their toys, you know, cars, mm-hmm. boats, RVs, whatever there is. Money can be made on everything. Get a hold of somebody who does estate sales. Let them come in, tag the furniture. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you a commission if they came and yeah. got that lead from you. Mm-hmm. Make a connection with the buy here, pay here. Tell mm-hmm. them to come pick up grandpa's car. Mm-hmm. There's money to be made everywhere. I had one customer who made $2,500 in the first 10 minutes that he had an eviction because of the extras. That was without even flipping the property or buying it or touching it. Mm -hmm. That was just the stuff. Mm. Then the evictions. The evictions are a absolute easy no-brainer. This is scrubbed as well. We obviously are not going to give you management companies or apartment complexes. They need those units back yeah. to re you know rent them again. Yeah. What we're giving you are individual owners who thought it was going to be fun and sexy to be a landlord mm-hmm, totally. until they get a call at three in the morning right. to plunge a toilet. Right, right. You know, this isn't working. And then they have to go through a nine step process mm-hmm. to evict someone. Right, right. So now what they thought was going to be passive income, check in the mailbox, has become no money in, and nothing but money out. Yeah, yep. That's when you pick up a phone and call them, and we do give you their telephone number because that is in, when they file it, they put it in the actual complaint. So we know it's right because it's coming from the plaintiff. They're actually adding it themselves. Okay. Get on the phone and call them. 
Yeah. Say, I'm, you know, I, I want to buy your property. Now, if you get the individual who says, oh, I have multiple properties, this is what I do. Yeah. Well, then say, well, great, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested if I call you, if I have a property, see if you're interested in it? Mm. So it's a lead one way or the other. Yeah, sure. Either you're buying the property or you're putting them on your list to, to buy a property from you. Hmm, interesting. Wow, that's a lot of really good information. Um, so, as I'm just digesting so much of that. So, uh, it, as you provide this information to investors, um, I imagine you're providing to investors who are uh, brand new at it and they find you early or people who have been doing it for years and didn't even know this was a possibility and now they have this information and are going to go forward with it. As you provide them with the information, what is the... I'm curious to know the biggest mistake that you see people make with the information. You scrub the data, you give them really, really good info they can act on. What's the thing that most investors do that you see that um, makes makes your information ineffective because of the way they use it? Or what's the biggest mistake you see people make? They sign up and they don't use it. Okay. It is mind-boggling to me that people will sign up for a service. Uh-huh. And they're all excited, uh-huh. and I the only I didn't run into this back in the '90s or the early 2000s when people signed up. Oh, they got the education. They went out. They worked. Most of those people, of course, they're people who they found it yep. wasn't for them, and sure. that was the end of that. But the mass majority, those guys are still around. I say guys, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. They're still in the business. They built their business. They started young. And now their kids have helped them. What I find now, and I blame HGTV. Yeah, sure. People think this is easy. Oh, yeah. This is a business. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't respected as a business and you take it on as a hobby, you're not going to make money in the business. It's plain and simple. So I would say the biggest mistake is underestimating the work that is involved. Mm-hmm. And I will tell people when I teach classes, if you think this is easy, if you think this is a hobby, you came in through the same door mm-hmm. that will take you yeah. out, yeah. please find something else to do. Sure. Because this is actual work. Yeah. And underestimating the amount of work is a mistake. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I could see, I could see. So I've heard, I've heard you do your talk about what you do before in a local real estate association. And when I heard that, I heard this information, I'm thinking, wow, this would be super, super valuable. You said how you can act on it. And my, I remember feeling, uh, really nervous about how to act on it. When you say, um, call them up, say, this is what I do. You've been doing this for years. You feel very confident about your ability to do that. Um, What's some advice you could give somebody that has never made a cold call, has never just reached out to somebody blank, who maybe feels like when they reach out, they don't have all the information that they need. One thing I hear so much in real estate investing is just do it. Just start moving. Just start acting, which is so true in so many ways and also super terrifying. Right. Because I think, okay, great. I'm just going to call this person up and they go, what if they're even happy to hear from me? And they're like, yeah, I need your help. How can you help me? And I'm going to go... Uh, I have I no idea. I don't know. I could sure get back to you on that. And that's just, that's super intimidating. So what right. advice do you have for people to kind of get over that barrier and start doing the hard things like that? Okay. Calls? Well, I do a two hour one-on-one where I want you to have a certain amount of information so that you don't run into that. Sure. 
most people will say, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to talk to people who are in foreclosure and, you know, I wouldn't yeah. know what to say. And, sure. you know, you'll find that if you start with hello and go from there, usually they'll take over the conversation. Yes, they're going to get to a point where they're going to say, well, what can sure. you do to help me? You just need a basic list. You can, you know, say, well, we can list your property for you. I have people who could come in. I can make an appointment with my acquisition manager to come in and sit down with you and go over your options with you. Mm. You keep it in broad strokes, okay? There's just certain key phrases mm -hmm. that you can use subject to, these are things that you're, you may not know how to do at the beginning, mm -hmm. and the homeowner's not going to understand but it makes it sound like you know what you're doing. Yeah, sure, sure. And these are options that will be given to them. Mm -hmm. So you just need a couple of key phrases. But what you really need to say is, I'm happy to set an appointment with my partner to come in. We'll listen to you, see what it is you want to do, and see how we could structure it so that we could get you the best value. Try to either save your property or save your equity. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we could do to help you out. That's uh, the key. They want to hear that you're going to yeah. help them. Yeah. That's what they want to hear more than anything. Mm -hmm. So the, anything else that you say that you may not even understand yourself, they're not going to understand it either. Mm -hmm. Help is what they want to hear. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So when you're, when you're talking about the different types of data you give, I hear... Uh, foreclosure and that in particular, I don't know, that just sounds, whenever you're in, you start learning in real estate investing, you hear motivated sellers. And when I hear foreclosure, that sounds motivated to me. That sounds like somebody that would really be entering into somebody's situation where they're clearly motivated to uh, work with you. So when, uh, as I hear that, I just have an extra question about that because I'm really curious about how I could do that effectively sure. specifically. Um, when you say acquisition manager or partner, what does that look like? Is there somebody that comes in after you say, hey, I got a hold of you. I have, I had the lead. I'm calling you saying, I know you're in this bad spot. How can we help? There's somebody else, I guess, that can come in and maybe has a little more expertise in that area. Right. So what I do, because I've been around for so long, I have a lot of people who are in my network or in my okay. community, as I refer to it, who have been doing this for so long they could do it in their sleep. But that said, there's a lot of work they don't want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you could go out there and farm leads for them, do the hard work of knocking on a door or calling and getting that appointment set, mm -hmm. then absolutely, you have now the experience behind you yeah. of your team. You yeah. have to put a team together, and I help mm -hmm. you to do that. Because mm. Like I said, I've been here since 91, mm -hmm. and a lot of the people that I work with have been around for that long. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's just things they don't want to do anymore. Everybody has value in this business. Mm -hmm. Even if you're new, you have no money mm -hmm. to invest, you have no education when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. If you have a willingness to work, mm -hmm. and you're motivated enough to get up in the morning, look at these leads get on the phone and set them up, then you go to the people that I'll give you three or four different investors who'd be thrilled hmm. to work with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, set that appointment. Then yes, your acquisition manager will come. Yeah. 
you know, my And they know how to answer the hard questions. They know actually how to execute the deal. Absolutely. They'll get into the the meat and bones of it Mm -hmm. and find out exactly where they stand. Mm. Not everybody is upside down. There's a lot of people with equity in the business. There's a lot of people who have equity in the first mortgage that's in foreclosure, Mm -hmm. but what's stopping them from selling are additional liens that are on the property. Sure. Because those liens have to be paid off, they would end up going to closing and writing a check. Uh-huh. Investors know how to get rid of those liens, and it's a relatively easy process if mm. you know what you're doing. Mm. So they'll walk in and they'll say, "We'll we'll take care of that. We'll mm. get we'll get that second mortgage gone. It mm. will be gone. We'll get a release from the IRS." There are things that can be done then it just gets done. Hmm. And now there's equity. If you get rid of a $50,000 second mortgage, Mm -hmm. you just created $50,000 more in equity Hmm. that kept them from selling the property. Yeah, yeah. So if you know just the basics, just enough to get them at ease Mm -hmm. and say, I can get my guy on the phone. Mm -hmm. We could, are you going to be available at six o'clock? Mm-hmm. We can be there six o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. We will lay out for you what your options are. They have a problem. You need to solve it. Yeah. Put them at ease and let them know you're gonna take care of this mm-hmm. for them. That's super enticing to me because I, I, th- I, yeah, I just get so overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't even know. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. If they tell me, yes, I have a problem. Can you fix it for me? So to partner with somebody who has the expertise, but while Entering, kind of tipping my, er, dipping my toe in and saying, okay, let me just start talking to the sellers. Let me start hearing the vernacular that uh, my acquisition partner is is using with these people. And the, okay, here's how the resolution happened. Ooh, next time there's that exact deal. I'll know how to re- resolve it myself. That's exactly <clears throat> right. Yeah. I, I was never a read a book and learn type mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. I was a show me mm-hmm. and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it if I see what you're doing and if I know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I always needed to know why. It was yeah. just in me, I yeah. guess. Yeah. So yeah, tell me when and why I'm going to use it mm-hmm. and I'll learn it. But if you show me, I can follow what you did. There are people who will make any deal with you that you want. If you want to farm the deal and turn it over to somebody and get paid a thousand bucks for it and walk away... Mm-hmm. You can do that. Hmm. You want to learn the business so that you could eventually do it on your own. Right. And these people know that that's eventually what you're going to do. They're more than happy. There's enough business to go around. Hmm. You sit down with them. They will structure it. And like you said, then the next time you have the same type of situation and all of them are going to be in some ways extremely different. And the bottom line is still going to be the same. Mm -hmm. So you'll know and you'll be taking notes and you will hear. Right. And you will see how it's structured, what they do, how they talk not only to the homeowner, but how they talk to the additional liens, to the Uh, mortgage company, to the IRS, so that you know. Mm -hmm. So you could do it the next time. Really interesting. Really neat. 
Um, I'm also curious about foreclosures in particular, evictions, uh, evictions and probates. Uh, people are always getting evicted for any number of reasons. Unfortunately, people are always passing away. Probates will always happen. Foreclosures, do you see that business ebb and flow as the market goes up and down and as the economy goes up and down? No. No. Um, with the exception of 2008 to 2010, mm-hmm. when it was yeah. out of control, mm-hmm. and that happened... It didn't slowly change. It hit a wall in a flash, Mm -hmm. in a flash. We were doing, at the time, 32 counties throughout Florida, and we were in three other states. Wow. uh, Now, I licensed it out, which is another Mm -hmm. story for another day. I'd Mm -hmm. love to come back and talk to you about (laughs) that. But our territory, which my personal territory was just the central Florida five or six counties, my payroll before the crash was $7,600. Hmm. Within the time that it took me to say it, mm-hmm. my payroll went to 36000 oh, Wow. a month. Wow. A month. From wow. 7600 to 36000 Wow. I went from one researcher covering four counties to four to five researchers covering one. Just because that many homes were being foreclosed on? It, 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 yeah. It just wow. crashed in everybody. And mm-hmm. then 80%, eight zero, mm-hmm. not 18, right. 80% of my customers went bust. Oh, wow. They lost not only their investment properties, yeah. a lot of them lost their own personal properties. Yeah. Guys who were making literally millions. Mm-hmm. I ran into at the mall, they were selling shoes at Foot Locker. Wow. wow. It was a disaster that mm-hmm. happened in a blink and nobody saw it coming. Now we see it ebbs and flows, but not from... 100 a week to 150 a day will go up 20, down 10, up 30, down 20, you know, not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. The economy, as much as people think that the economy has a lot to do with it, there's so many other factors that cause a foreclosure that the economy is really one of the last things, unless it's something as drastic. Sure. As oh wait, then mm-hmm. absolutely it's the economy. Mm-hmm. But in good times, even in good times, yeah. people have bad times. Yeah, totally. Now almost everyone, be- I guess it's somewhat human nature. I don't know, or it's keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it is. People have a tendency to live to mm-hmm. or above their means. Yep. If it's a two-income household, and you lose one of those incomes. Even yep. if it's just for a short while, you're done. Yep, totally. Especially if it's split 50-50 and you lose half of your income. Exactly. Yeah, or over that, yeah. Exactly. But regardless, if you're living, as we used to say, hand to mouth mm-hmm. or paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. something as simple as a car repair, mm-hmm. you get a, a, it's not hard to need $800 worth of work Absolutely. on a car that's yeah. not under warranty. Mm-hmm. Right. When your mortgage payment's maybe $800 right? that month. So who's going to get paid? Right. You have to have the car if you're going to go to work. Mm -hmm. It has to be paid. Mm -hmm. That's who gets paid. The mortgage company is an entity that's not Mm -hmm. in your face. Mm -hmm. Electric, they're going to shut you off. They're in your face. Makes a lot of sense. Food has to be put on the table. Mm -hmm. All right? So who doesn't go? The biggest bill, everybody gets paid. 
or the mortgage gets paid. Right, 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 exactly. That's basically it. Yeah. yeah. And then you think, well, I'll catch it up. But before you know it, it's so easy to be three months behind. Yeah. So unpaid sick leave, a death in the family, Mm -hmm. a breakup of a marriage, Mm -hmm. something takes the focus and the finances away from the mortgage payment. And when that happens, it's over. Yeah. And it happens very, very quickly. Even people who are on commission, all right? Let's go with the people we work with, realtors. Mm -hmm. People do not buy homes November to January. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're doing. I've heard that before, yeah, yeah. From Halloween on, everybody's in vacation mode. Mm Mm-hmm. They're all about the holidays. Mm-hmm. They got, they're planning Thanksgiving. They're planning trips for Thanksgiving. Then it's Christmas. It's Christmas presents. It's Christmas travel. People aren't working. They're just, even if they have regular jobs and they're working, realtors are not getting paid commission. Yeah. So if they didn't prepare and they didn't put away yeah. for that rainy day, that's absolutely going to happen November, December, and then January when the bills come in from Christmas. Yeah. And they're doing the holidays as well. So they're going into debt and not making any money. Right. So unless they have an exceptional month in January, which they won't, it's going to be hard Mm. to pay their mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. So any job like that, Unless you're in, you know, you work for Best Buy or, you know, something like that where you are making commissions Mm -hmm. over those months, Mm -hmm. things just don't, you're you're not producing money. Mm -hmm. You're not producing commissions. So you can't pay January. You get enough money together in February. You mail it to the mortgage company. They'll mail it back to you. Yeah. Because you didn't send them February. Hmm. Wow. If you didn't pay them January, they don't want January in February mm-hmm. without February because now you're right. dead to them. Right. You're right. no good. I don't sure. trust you. Sure. So the, send it back, which is yeah. such an insult. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you worked so hard, scraped it together, <laughs> yes. and they sent it back. Yeah. We don't want it. No. Yeah. No, we yep. don't want it. Yep. So you get mad. Uh-huh. You know, we're not yep. Spock. Right. right, right, right. We have emotions. Uh-huh. So now we're going to eat the foods that we yep. wanted to eat. We're yep. not living on ramen. Uh-huh. We're going to pay, we're going to put our kid in soccer. Yep. We're going to do all the things we didn't do because you don't want the money. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's not a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so now, yo, January and February, uh-huh. before you know it, it's March. Yep. Now you're three months behind. So you yep. not only owe the three months and the interest and the penalties, but now you're getting a lawyer's letter. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't call the mortgage company back because you don't know what to tell them. Mm-hmm. So unless grandma's helping or dies, what are you doing? Yep, yep. Where are you getting that money from? Sure. Yeah, that's really hard. That really frames up the problem really well to like, then, so the lawyer's letter comes a couple more steps down from that. They're in a really difficult, not not a theoretical diff- difficult situation, a very practical issue that then you can enter into and um, and help with. Correct. That makes a lot of sense. Correct. Um, moving on a little bit from foreclosures in particular, just being bringing it broader. Um, you said you don't invest, um, but if you did, I wonder if you've been asked this question before, probably. But if you did, um, what 
what information of yours would you use first? What do you find to be most valuable for investors? I'm sure all of it has value depending, that's maybe a tough question because it probably depends on what you're after, what your goals are, what types of properties you're looking for. But the more broad, the most broadly applicable and helpful information, what is that? What would you use as, as an investor? I would say foreclosures, mm. but I have people who are more interested in their comfort level. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to deal with people in grief, yeah. so they won't yeah. go to the probates. Mm-hmm. Other people don't want to deal with people who are in financial struggles. Either they can't relate or they just simply don't want to hear it, so they won't deal with foreclosures. Mm-hmm. And because there are so many options, sometimes that becomes daunting mm. for a new investor. So they'll go to the path of least resistance. I don't know. I I think only because I've done foreclosures for so much longer. I used to dabble in probates back okay. in the day when people wanted them. They hired me, and I just did it for an individual because mm-hmm. it wasn't really marketable back then. Okay. What was marketable was who was teaching, what they were teaching. Short sale was a big deal back then okay. because a lot of people didn't know how to do a short sale or that it could be done. So people were teaching how to structure a short sale. So foreclosures was the focus. Now everybody thinks probates, the, the sexy new thing, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of classes on probate. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of requests for probate. Okay. And some people feel that it's easier to deal with a family. A lot of people, you know, they may be suffering a loss, but if you're not the absolute immediate relative, the, the spouse yeah. that's lost someone or the, the daughter or the son, mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not a whole lot of grief there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I know that sounds cold, but sure, you know, sure. sometimes it's a niece, it's a nephew, you uh-huh, know, and mm-hmm. it, and sometimes it's a blessing because yeah, they've suffered totally. for a mm-hmm. long time. So there, it, there's not always a a struggle talking to the ones that are in foreclo- in uh, probate, yeah. dealing with a probate. So some people find that to be the path of least resistance. Okay, okay, so it just is a matter of your comfort level. Mm. And when it comes to counties, as you know, we cover many, it's very localized. Where I'm originally from New York. My father traveled, we lived on the island, he worked in Queens, he went to the train, took the train into the city, mm-hmm. took the train back. He traveled hours every day wow. to get to a job. People do that in New York, New Jersey all the time. Mm-hmm. That's just part of life. Here, I don't know, maybe because we're in Florida and people are more laid back. Yeah, I don't want to travel 20 minutes to an investment property. Right. Yeah, I'll just stay right. in Orange County. I don't want to do Volusia. I don't, right. you know, it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's fine. Yeah. But most people will stay, like I said, in their comfort zone mm-hmm. with how they're going to relate to the motivated seller wherever they feel they could relate best. If they just went through a loss, Mm -hmm. so they feel they can talk to them one-on-one and say, I, I understand. I, you know, I had my parents' property. I had, so you have this empathy going on and this connection, then that's where you're going to go. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I have a, just a broad question that I actually ask everybody that uh, usually tends to provide some pretty helpful insight. So um, you have been doing this since, he's a 91, right? 91, right. long time. So you have learned a lot. You're on the other side of a lot of what you've learned. Um, if you could go back to 1991, Gail, um, before you had learned so much, what uh, what would you say would be the most helpful piece of information you could tell that version of yourself so early on that all you've learned and what you've done in this business, um, what would be the most helpful thing for you to know now that, uh, know then that you know now? That's a very good question. Um, I would say in my particular situation, Mm -hmm. I would have put one of my kids in school to be a programmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's been my biggest struggle okay. is being reliant on a computer programmer. Yeah. I need somebody to, I know what I need. Mm-hmm. I can design mm-hmm. my program. Now, mind you, I started on handwritten sheets. We, mm-hmm. If somebody would have said internet in 91, we would have gone, right, well, I'm right. sorry, what? Yeah. But in light of that, by the end of the 90s, we were on mm-hmm. the internet, mm-hmm. but it was so new that people did actually say, uh, I need the internet to get to your website. Right, right. Because they just really had no clue. Right. People were loading a floppy disk with a program right, right. that was updated once a month or so. Sure. So that has been my personal biggest struggle, not having a programmer in the family and having to re- rely on somebody. That's mm-hmm. like opening a restaurant, uh-huh. not having... Any recipes, pots, or pans. Uh-huh. You'd be insane. Yeah, because when you started the business in 91, it wasn't an online business. No. Nope. And so you probably would have started it maybe very differently or built a foundation of it that could live online probably a little better or something. I don't know, but that's interesting that it was pre-online and then it shifted entirely. It's living right. on an entirely different medium. Right. That would be hard. And it was really interesting to me because I thought the reaction was going to be so great Mm -hmm. when I came in and said to the guys, you don't have to wait till next Wednesday to get your list. Yeah. When was that? When did you make that shift? 98, 99, around there. Yeah. So when I went in and announced, I was so excited. You could log on at home and look at it every day. Right, right. And they looked at me in panic Uh and said, you you mean you're not going to be bringing me my list to the courthouse anymore? right, right. Change? Wait, change? What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, No. Well, I wasn't going to. Don't you want it like every day? No. Oh, no. No. Please, just just give us the paper list. Uh Give us the paper list. I was like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Really? So as younger people Mm -hmm. who were more computer literate and, you know, more comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. they were very happy you know, to, to go that route. Mm-hmm. But it was the the older, seasoned guys. Mm-hmm. And they still want that paper. I had to create that same printout paper list that they could, I do make them do it themselves now, yeah. but they go to that same exact format because that's what they got used to. Hmm. And, you know, 
old habits change is hard. Die change hard. hard. It's yeah. really funny. That's interesting. Actually, it's a good segue because um, I've I've been on your website. I've even used your product um, for a couple months, um, maybe earlier last year, and the website was super helpful. It was awesome to get. You can even export, I think, CSV files to say mm-hmm. exact, so you can bring it in whatever format you want and anything. Right. Tell me a little bit more um, and tell our listeners a little more about um, exact. You said what you do, but how you do what you do, um, and then how people specifically can get a hold of you and use your service in Central Florida. Okay, great. Um, yeah, well, our website, we were, and this should just give you an idea of the difference in the market. When we came into the internet, we named the company IRSFL. I remember that when you were named that, yep. Right. Yeah. That was so that people, nobody knew how to bookmark a website. Right. They they barely knew about the internet. Uh So bookmarking, that wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So we needed something they would remember. Well, who's not going to remember IRS? Right. It was Information Resource Service of Florida. Okay. IRSFL. Very easy. Uh All right. Well, now with social media, oh, yeah, no. Mm -mm. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. So if you go to IRSFL, so if you're one of my old people looking for me, it will still switch over. Yeah. We are now a quester. Okay. dot com. You can find us there. When you go to aquester.com, you're on our landing page and we have several pages of information there, testimonials, what we do, what we're about, how we do it. Okay. You know, specifics on how we collect it, but more important how it applies to you and yeah, how you would use it. Yeah, for important. each data field, there's a reason for every data field, but not a lot of people understand what it is. So mm-hmm. we do draw it out and let you know, this is what you're going to use for this. This is what you're going to focus on. Pay. If you're yeah, a mortgage awesome. broker, you're going to look at this. So we, we give you that. We also have testimonials. So if you know anybody wants to know, you know what we mm-hmm. do and, and who has used it and mm-hmm. to their success. Mm -hmm. Those are there. But what I'm most excited about besides the FAQs, which we update all the time, people are always asking questions that help other people. That's the reason for that. But we have put up an interactive blog and I'm so excited about that. So I can post things of interest and you can respond. Yeah. So if you have subjects you want me to hit on, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to do that. And then you can give your feedback as well. So we have this, the support feedback on the website where you're using the data. So if there's something that you think you need that will help you, for instance, when we first started doing this, people said, you know, it'd be great if I could save my searches so I don't have to look for them again. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So we created my safe case files. You could call it whatever you want. It's exactly like putting a a name on a file folder and sticking it in your drawer, except Mm. you're doing it electronically, and every time you log in, they're there. Mm -hmm. You could use it for drip campaigns, so it makes it easier. Mm -hmm. Then we added comments. So you may have saved a case, but you don't remember why. You could put down equity in this one, spoke to the homeowner, they said this. You could, and it's all encrypted, so... Not that I have time to be looking, but it makes you (laughs) comfortable with the fact that I'm not looking and I never kiss and tell. I don't tell people 
who subscribes to my website, what mm. they use. You know, people say, well, does so-and-so have your... Oh, yeah, I bet, I bet. Oh, yeah, I get that yeah, a lot. Yeah. And what what are they looking at? Uh -huh. How many properties did they buy this yeah, year? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, go to county records and right. take a look, right. you know? Sure. So, yeah, I, I keep confidences that way. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we're also creating a community for you to be able to interact yeah. with each other because you're going to need title companies and you're going to need locksmiths. And yeah. so the way I look at it, you're either someone, if you're in the real estate or anything related to real estate, you're either needing my data or you're needing my customers. And I will not sell my client base, mm. but I will put you in touch with them. Sure. So we're building that. Yeah. So when you log in and you fill out a very short registration page, you just go to sign up, you fill out your username, password, pick whatever you want. But then we're asking if you want your profile to be public or private. Oh, okay. So if you don't want to talk to anybody and you don't want anybody to know that you're on there, fine. But if you do and you want to interact, you'll be able to do that. Okay. Awesome. So we have that as well. When you go to equester.com, there is a place that says app. You click on it and that will take you to the dashboard where your information is going to be. So they're two yeah. completely different sites. Okay. So one is giving you all your data. Mm -hmm. The other is more educational and informational. Oh, that's great. So equester.com, and then I'm sure your email address is on there, but what is it? It is gail, G-A-I-L, at equester.com. Okay. And my telephone number is 407-724-2461. I answer my phone. Oh, that's a novel, novel thought. Yeah, it's, it's me. It's, yeah, you know, sure. there's no answering service. Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. no, it, you know, if it goes to voicemail, it's because I'm doing this mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. I'm teaching a class. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I answer my phone and I check my voicemail as soon as I'm off my phone and I call you right back. Mm -hmm. I answer my emails all day long and text messages. Mm -hmm. I need you to ask questions. Yeah. Don't. Go there, not know what you're doing, and then leave. Right, right. I can answer a question for you. Sure. If you have multiple questions, put them in an email. I'll copy the questions and put the answer next to it mm -hmm. so you have it to refer back to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if it's a question that I know applies to a lot of people, I'm going to put it on my FAQs. Mm -hmm. Not with your name, but it will go on the yeah, FAQs. You know, I don't always know. You know, people come from different directions yeah. and don't always understand the things that I think they understand. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful for me as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love hearing that you run your business in a way that people can give feedback and you adjust and tweak accordingly so that it's most helpful for people. Again, novel thought. Not very, not very many people do that. Well, right. But, but the way I look at it is it's your website. Sure. You need it. This is an extension of your office. We try and make it as interactive for you as possible. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier for you and you don't have to have 12 different programs and have to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. On our site, if you click on the on in a property appraiser, there is a tax ID number or a parcel ID number. It's a long number that is attached to every property. If you click on that on my website, it will take you to that page for that property on the property appraiser. So there's no cutting and pasting. You don't have to open another window. We take you straight there. We take you directly to Google Map. If you're looking at a oh, property, cool. don't know where it is, you're not familiar with it, 
you just click on Google Map and it will pinpoint map it. Hmm. If you're going to go knocking on doors and you save multiple properties, you just click on all of them, click on Google Map, and it will pinpoint map all of them so you could oh, go awesome. hit the road the next morning mm-hmm. with all of those properties and you know what order to do them in. Cool. So we have that for you when we, we try and do that you know, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Anything that we think is going to help you. We also link you to Zillow. A lot of people in this business don't have access to MLS. Only Mm -hmm. the realtors do. Mm -hmm. Well, they can run comps on MLS. Mm -hmm. But if you can't and you want to see a quick peek of what the properties Mm -hmm. are selling for, comps change every day. Comparable sales Mm -hmm. change with every sale. Mm -hmm. And comps are usually a matter of opinion as well. Sure. Assess value is what I give you because it's a hard number, but assess value is lower than market. So if you want to know what the house is going to be worth or what the property is going to be worth, you take a look and just click on the Zillow link. It takes you right to that page for Zillow. Mm -hmm. So you know in a minute what the market value is. Neat. Yeah. Well, this is all super, super helpful. Thank you so much, Gail. This was great insight. You bet. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.